This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I am excited about today's episode. Episode 292, Talking Buffalo Podcast. Big, big thank you to everybody out there, as always, for continuing to download, support this podcast. It really, truly means a lot to me. If you've not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. Like I said, I am very, very excited about this episode today. Uh, This podcast is audio only. That's too bad because... I wish it was video because I'm going to tell you what, right now, I got a smile from ear to ear. Jess Williams from Channel 4 Buffalo is one of my favorite people out there in the media today, period, sports, news, politics, weather, whatever, does not matter. And I'm going to say this right here. I ain't got many gifts to offer y'all, but one that I do is that I am pretty damn good at seeing someone and recognizing them as stars before they blow up. Uh, On the football side, I told anyone who would listen like two years ago, I said that Bruce Nolan from Buffalo Rumblings was as good or better than any Buffalo Bills podcast or or any analyst out there, mainstream or otherwise. Now look at your boy. You guys know something now. I told you that two years ago. I also said that before she blew up that Madison Carter over at Channel 7, that she was the best news reporter and anchor in the game today and one of the best that I've ever seen in the Buffalo market ever. And a year or so later, everybody knows that now. I also, by the way, told you to enjoy her in Buffalo while you still can, but that's another story for another time. But anyway, I'm going to strike the iron again right here today. I'm going to go three for three and this is a sure thing. Jess Williams has that it factor when it comes to TV news personalities that ultimately become really good and very popular in Buffalo or anywhere they go. To steal a baseball term, Jess Williams is a five-tool player, okay? She is very smart. She's engaging. She's funny as hell, and I mean funny. Uh, She's very motivated, and she is a beautiful person on the inside and the outside. So you add all that up, and I'm telling you now, Buffalo, you got yourselves a real gem. I can't wait to see your star shine, especially when COVID someday is behind us. And I hope that management and fans, that they make her stay in Buffalo very good and that she wants to stay for a long time. But uh, anyway, I got a great conversation with Jazz today about her life and her career. Oh, and I should probably add her dog, Paris, definitely makes a few surprise guest cameos while we were taping. Uh, We talk about her growing up in South Jersey near Philly, uh, not being a very good student in school, 
She admits that. Uh, working in radio for 10 years. Um, we talk about how she got into TV, more specifically, Channel 4 in Buffalo. Uh, Jazz opens up about mental health stuff, has really strong takes about social media. And of course, we do this podcast original, the fun fact finale, learn a ton of really cool stuff about her. Again, I think one of the most talented and awesome people in the Buffalo market today. But anyway, enough of my big mouth here at the top. Let's just jump into it. Here it is, today's chat. It's a very good one. Here is Channel 4 in Buffalo's Jazz Williams. All right, my guest today is a morning traffic anchor and also a feature reporter at WIVB-TV. She came to Buffalo this past fall and has been a great addition to Channel 4 and all of our TV sets. I'm a big fan, and I really mean that. Jess Williams, how you doing? Hi, what's going oh, on? Thank you. A big fan. No one ever says they're a big fan of me, so I'm very, very honored to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Before we get into anything else, I wanted to say this right off the top. So I always end these chats, and regular listeners know this, with a, a fun fact finale. And one of the questions, and we'll be doing this later on, I always ask guests, uh, is who their favorite Twitter follow is. And again, we'll get to that part later of our interview, but I'm going to say this right here. I sometimes get asked that question when I do other podcasts and things like that. And my answer right now is you. You're lying. I love your Twitter, your movie <laughs> takes, your movie takes, your, your TV show takes, your, your food takes. You got some underrated humor. You have mastered the artistry of gifts. Uh, you know, some serious messages from time to time. It's like the whole kid and caboodle you on are Twitter right. entertainment. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my God. No one ever says that. Usually I get told, I'm going to mute you soon if you don't uh, chill out. So I'm like, wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do is kind of the same format that I like to have when I have guests on from sports or news media. And that's give fans an opportunity to know more about you beyond just what they see on the air each morning. So I kind of want to go back, at least semi-chronologically anyway. So let's go like all the way back. Now you were born and raised in South Jersey near Philly, right? That is correct. And I'm really grateful that you said it like that because since people don't really know where, um, so I was born and raised in Camden County, New Jersey, which um, is the area more specifically is an area called Sicklerville. And a lot of people don't know where that is, but it's literally 10 minutes across the bridge from Philadelphia. And so if you know anything about South Jersey and Philly, we are kind of one and the same. Um, and so that means I, you know, I, I'm a diehard everything Philly fan. I'm an Eagles fan, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, all those things. Plus, you know, my entire family is from Philadelphia, literally. So uh, my dad's from West Philly. You know what I mean? My mom's from Levittown. So I grew up on both sides of the bridge. Even though I say that um, I'm from South Jersey and I say I'm from Philly, the truth is I'm kind of from both. So I know that was a really long-winded response, but I hope it made sense. <laughs> it does. It makes perfect sense. And it also is fair. Again, people in Buffalo are like, huh? But you're from the area. So that's why you would like the Eagles, the right. Sixers, the Flyers, uh, right. the Phillies. Now, I already know that you're a woman of many talents, but when you're a little kid, well, like, what were some of the things that you were into? Like, What did you enjoy doing the most when you were a kid? Oh, goodness. So I was kind of, a, okay, so I was a weirdo, in my opinion, in my personal opinion. I have always been artsy fartsy. Like I've always been into theater, into acting, into music. I'm a musician. I'm a writer. Like I've always been 
kind of my head in the clouds. So that's what I was into. I I'm kind of tall. I'm five seven. Um, that's I think that's average height. But you know, some people are like, "Oh, you're tall. You should play a sport." And it's like, no, but I do play piano. So <laughs> so that that's kind of who I was growing up, and I still am. Yeah, for sure. Now, tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, you mentioned your dad. I, I know I read. I should say that he he's a passer and. He was also the first African-American ever elected as state representative for Pennsylvania's 74th district, which is pretty awesome. Wow. You did your homework. I do my homework, Jazz. I'm going to let you know that right now. Man, let me find out. Yes. (laughs) Um, So yeah, all of that is true. Uh, So what was the question? I was so impressed by your knowledge. I didn't. Just a little bit about your family. Like, well, you know, family life growing up. Yeah, so I have three brothers, um, Joshua, Jonathan, and Chris. Joshua and Jonathan are the ones that I'm closest to. Um, I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure my brother will never even, my brother Chris will never even hear this because he we're just like not that close. So I don't even anticipate, even if I say anything bad about him, I don't really care because he's never going to hear it. But, <laughs> but my brothers, uh, I'm really, really, really close to my family. In fact, um, this is probably too much info, but I have four tattoos and all four of them are either the names or some semblance of connection to my family. So all of them are my family. It, it's just because I move around so much. So I like to keep my family with me. So, wow. you know, my mom, my dad, um, they are not together, but they're very good friends. Like they get along really well. So I always, I never felt like I didn't have, you know what I mean? Like I, I love that I have them together in that way. Sure. And, uh, and yeah, it's, I definitely had an American family though. I had an American family. Like I had a stepdad at one point, like, you know what I mean? I have, I got stories. It's just that if you're asking me now as an adult, you know, my relationship with my family, I have a good family. I'll put it like that. Sure. Absolutely. Now your life is like so intertwined between writing and music and radio and now TV. And we're going to hit on some of those. Let me ask you this. So I always ask my news media and, and sports media guess this question because it interests me. I don't know why it does, but it does. You went to Rowan University. Why did you decide to go there for school? And what were, were there other schools that like you considered going to or wanted to go to, or was it Rowan for you pretty much all the way? Rowan was the only one who accepted me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was not a stellar student. I went through some weird, I went through a really different and difficult transitional period in my life in my Mm -hmm. my senior year of high school. And it caused my grades to plummet. At first I started out with a pretty decent GPA. I had like a 3.7, but by the time, you know, junior and senior year rolled around, it kind of had plummeted. So at that point I was just, I was like, Hey, thank you for taking me anybody like, you know, (laughs) Um, and Rowan had a great communications program, which I didn't even find out until later when I came back the second time, because the first time I went, I went for theater. I went for theater and I was like, I'm going to be a theater major. I actually left school to move to Los Angeles. And then I came back and I ended up going back to school. So it was kind of like my path is, there's not a straight line from one point to another, but, um, But yeah, Rowan ended up having one of the best communications majors in the country. And I started out in radio and I did radio for 10 years, 10 years. I was in radio. Wow. You know, it's ironic. Well, not ironic, but it's just, it's definitely different how people have different paths to get to, you know, where they eventually end up and people get there in all different sorts of ways. I'll never forget. I had Adam Schefter on this show before and we, I asked him pretty much the same question. He ended up going to Michigan, but 
not a lot of people know this. He got rejected by like 11 schools Oh wow! that, that he tried to get into. So yeah, people, you know, take different paths to get to where they are when it comes to college. Okay. And I said, you went two different times. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like for you? Not even so much in education. Obviously you got a good education. I've seen you on TV. I've read a lot of your writing. I've seen videos. I've heard you on other podcasts. I know you're well-spoken and smart and you know, you're, you're very articulate, but so I'm not going to ask you about the educational portion of it, but I was like socially, like when you're in college, like how was life for you socially on that kind of level? Pat, I, so just so you know, when I say I went to school twice, I went to Rowan twice. I also went to Camden County Community College like three separate times. And I yeah. like all times, like I'm not, <laughs> I am not a stellar student and never, ever was. So, um, and you know, it's ironic because it wasn't like I was partying. Like some people are like, oh, my grades, you know, I was on academic probation my first year in college and it was not because I was partying. You know, you want to know what I was doing? Hmm. I was literally like, I would look at my syllabus and be like, oh, I have six days to miss before I'm in trouble. Okay. I'll spend five of them to like watch the Cosby show reruns. (laughs) And like, that's what I was doing. I was, you know, I mean, I got along really well with my roommate who I didn't know prior to college. Shout out to her, by the way, Gina Campanile. I will never forget my college roommate, but she was amazing. She was like six feet tall. And we were just kind of like oddballs. So we just got along really well. We would like, I mean, we just coasted, you know, it wasn't, I, I'm not proud of it, but, but <laughs> I wasn't overly social. I've always been exactly what you think people are when they do a public job. They're usually awkward and shy and, and weird in real life. They're just good in front of a camera. I was that. So, all right. So after school, before TV, Spent time working in radio. Like, did you enjoy? Do you enjoy doing radio? Like, maybe take listeners to the ropes just a little bit. Describe what like a typical day would be when you have a, a radio show, whether it's your own show or whether you're a co-host of a show. Or you're just doing a certain yeah. shift. Like, when it comes to radio, like, what do you what do you like and and dislike about that industry the most? Yeah. So i I loved radio. I loved it because it really. There's the dog. <laughs> I was waiting. I, I was hoping I'll that I would hear from the dog. Look, I have so many guests on this show and it's not a real podcast if you're doing it from home until you hear from your guest's dog. So there it is. I've been waiting. Right. Beautiful. She was really going to let you have it. Um, okay. So I started out in uh, radio, like I mentioned, and I started out being, I started out being a morning show radio personality. So I've only ever done mornings. I've never like when people even ask me about, you know, how is it waking up early? Like this is all I've ever known. I've always been up at three at the butt crack of dawn, I call it. And, uh, you know, like in the studio by four, that's what I know. And what I loved about radio and about being a morning show co-host in particular was that, um, I got a chance to develop my personality. So while, you know, I would watch all my journalists, my TV journalist friends, and they kind of, I, in my opinion, they always seemed so boxed in because they had to read hard news and this is what was scripted. So they had to read it that way. And not for me, you know what I mean? I got a chance to get on the air and talk about whatever, essentially I really wanted to talk about. It wasn't a right. talk show host. I wasn't a talk show host. I was a, I was a, um, technically a pop top 40, like contemporary, you know what I mean? Type of mm-hmm. Post. So 
I got a chance to talk about what was trending and really develop my personality. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I did start feeling like for me, there was a little bit of a ceiling because uh, one thing, if you do any homework on me, which you did, you'll find that I have a lot of opinions. Not all yeah. of them are welcome on radio. So I had to find other mediums like writing um, for you know certain online publications. So I got to do both and I loved it. I, in, in short, I absolutely loved it. One of the things that I really dig about you is, is that you're well-traveled. So, all right. So you grew up in South Jersey near Philly. You've spent time in Los Angeles. Like you said, you've worked in, in Delaware. You've worked in, you've been in Virginia. Now, of course, Buffalo, which we'll get into Buffalo in a minute. Yes. I think, I think being well-versed with spending time in other parts of, of the country and, and seeing other cultures and other cities and how they are. I kind of feel that's important. Now I've spent almost my entire life in Buffalo. And right now I'm currently living in Florida, which is not, you know, I haven't traveled and I haven't lived in as many areas like you have, but even just going from Buffalo to Florida, you just see a, a difference in not just weather. I mean, of course, weather, but just climate and, and, and just culture, attitude, all different kinds of things like that. Like, does that matter to you? Do you, do you think like that's a little bit to your advantage kind of being well-cultured and living in a, in a bunch of different places as opposed to somebody who's only lived in one place their entire life? I actually, I do and I don't. And I'll tell you why. It's because I love that I'm able to say, oh, I liked this place more than this place, or I liked this place a little bit less than this place or whatever. Um, there are definitely places that I liked more than others for sure. Some I could not wait and was counting the minutes down to when I could leave. Others. Um, I was like, dang, I hope I stay here forever, forever and ever, you know? And I noticed that the people are different everywhere you go, for sure. Los Angeles, a lot of people love Los Angeles. To me, it's Tinseltown. So to me, it's... (laughs) That's all right. This is a podcast. We're not live on the radio. I love it. I know. You know, okay, so I don't know if you use Adobe Audition. I used to use Adobe. I do. Okay, yeah. So I used to be so excited when my guests knew to just pause and start it over. So I, I... when I lived in Los Angeles, I felt like it was really Tinseltown. Like people didn't really understand the value of hard work. Like they woke up and went to brunch. This is just my personal opinion. I don't, I don't, I can't say this about everyone from LA. In fact, the people that I met from Los Angeles that were from there were the coolest people I've ever met. It was usually the transplants from like Wisconsin and like, you know, Minnesota who felt like they had something to prove. Those were the people that were my least favorite. But, um, I I always like cities where I go and there's a lot of grit and people know how to work for what they get and everybody's got a hustle to them. And that's really what I get in Buffalo because Buffalo reminds me the most of home. So, yeah, you say, you know what? Substitute LA for Florida. And I would say, I feel the exact same way that you do. I literally, I really do. And it's kind of funny because again, all kinds of people make the world go around. I just had your colleague Gabby on the podcast last week who (laughs) minus maybe a small stint in, in, in living in Syracuse has lived in Western New York literally her entire life. Yeah. So yeah. there's a case to be made uh, both ways. Now, speaking of Channel 4 in Buffalo, I wanted to ask you, like, how did the opportunity to come to WIVB TV like, come about? Tell us about that, like that opportunity and what that process was like. like. What brought you to Buffalo? Oh, well, actually, my agent brought me to Buffalo. She was like, you know, I think there's a really great opportunity 
for you if you want to kind of branch out of radio. Um, because I kind of, you know, like I mentioned, I felt like I had kind of hit a ceiling and it was time. I didn't know what branch of storytelling in terms of journalism I wanted to merge into next, but I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm done talking about Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. I'm done with it. So yeah. I need to, yeah. I need to do something that actually matters. I've always wanted to do things that matter, tell stories that matter. So my agent was like, I think, I think I know a great move for you. And the snow didn't scare me. The cold didn't scare me. It felt like a new, uh, just like a new adventure, which kind of brings me back to the first question you asked, is there like an advantage or like the feeling of people who maybe stay in one spot versus moving around? It's so lovely to be able to move around and find these new places that you love. And then at a certain point, you do kind of start to feel like I, I might want to just say, stay here and settle here. And I really yeah. Buffalo. So I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, tell us about a little bit, at least anyway, the life of a morning, whether it's TV show, radio show, and you've done both now. Tell us about that life. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, to me, it's crazy. I've had a handful of guests on this podcast, again, including Gabby just a week ago, um, before in, in the sleep schedule and just life habits are, are different because of the hours that you keep and the hours that you generally at least have to sleep. Now, how long did it take you to get used to that? Now, again, this is not something brand new for you going to channel four and getting up at three o'clock in the morning, right. like you talked about with radio, but how long did that take you to get used to like, that kind of work cycle in life because much energy as you bring to the table, you got to sleep at some point, you got to get some rest. You know what I mean? Like when the hell do you rest? Well, that's a good question. Actually, I, um, <laughs> when I was in radio and I told you I had the same shift, I did not handle that well. Like I did not handle it well. I would still be going to bed at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, getting up at three, oversleeping. Like it was all bad. So by yeah. the time I got here, I had had 10 years of doing that and said no more. I am going to bed at 7.30 at 8 p.m. if I have to, uh, whatever it takes so that I can wake up and at least feel rested. So the adjustment in that way wasn't too difficult because it was just a matter of, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to do this. But the adjustment to the darkness, because it's so dark here all the time. <laughs> it that is. Was some, that was a trip. All right, let's take a quick break. Want to let you know that today's show is being supported by our friends at 26 Shirts. So you guys already know the deal with 26 Shirts. They roll out a new Buffalo theme design shirt every two weeks. And that shirt is tied into a specific charitable cause. And they sell that shirt for 26 bucks. Here's the really cool part about what they do if you didn't already know. For every single shirt sold, a donation is made to that affiliated cause each and every time, each and every shirt. Since opening up their doors for business in 2013, 26 Shirts has now managed to raise and donate over $1 million to these causes. It's just unbelievable. Del Reed, that crew, they do such an amazing job. They enrich the lives of so many deserving people and causes. It's awesome to see. And by the way, these are really outstanding looking design shirts. They're comfy. They're sporty to wear. They look great on you. I have a bunch of them myself. Head on over to 26shirts.com and see what cause needs you this week.
Well, yeah, the 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 getting used to the hours wasn't hard, but getting used to that darkness, man, it snows here. It was it's snowing here now. And I was on the phone with my dad and he was like, hey, it's a sunny day here in Pennsylvania. What you guys got going on over there? I was like, it's snowing again. He's like, Jesus. I was like, I know it snows here like it rains in most places. <laughs> Do you watch a lot of shows now? Obviously, uh, either like DVR is your best friend or, or streaming services like Netflix, because you can watch those whenever you want, as opposed to you know, live when something's on because it's just too late for you because you got to get up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, this is us. My show is, this is us. That's my favorite show. And I never get to catch it because it comes on at 10 PM and your girl is not up at 10 PM. I'll just put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) I asked you this with, with radio. I'm going to kind of ask you this about TV as well. Like, and again, granted things are really different because of COVID obviously, but in a typical work morning what does that look like for you once you're up at three o'clock like getting to the station and what you do so i get in there and i'm normally really super late just because you know jazz stuff right but (laughs) i i get in there and i do my makeup um i usually go to my desk or i'll go to the back desk that's in the studio and I'll touch base with what's going on on the roads because the traffic person has to know what's going on. So I try to check in and then I will start to get ready. So I'll go into the dressing room, do my makeup, do my hair and um, make my way on out there and start telling you guys what the roads are looking like, which right now they're pretty good because yeah, yeah it's, it's nice and quiet because of the pandemic. So people aren't really, it, you don't see too many traffic jams at four o'clock in the morning, you know, or five o'clock in the morning, which is, right. I'm not complaining. I am not complaining. Around the <laughs> clock, it gets a little bit busier, but before then it's nice and quiet. And I, and I kind of like that in a way because I get a chance to be the bearer of good news and not. <laughs> not- yeah. <laughs> now, it seems that, uh, and again, I'm in Florida, but I have a, a sling player. So I constantly watch the local news and I watch all three stations. Again, I've developed some relationships with a lot of people in both the news and in the sports department. So I, I catch a lot of the, the newscasts on TV. It seems to me like you guys at Channel 4, you have a really good relationship with your colleagues at yeah. the TV station. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. relationships inside a TV station and how important that is? Because when you have a successful newscast and stuff like that, I feel like you can't fake, you can't front on chemistry. Now, I think consumers see right through it when it's phony. You, yeah. know, you either have it, or you don't have it. And I think people see that. And I, I look at channel four news and you know, I'm not always up at five, six in the morning, but I'm up by seven ish. And a lot of, again, I tune in from time to time and uh, I like the chemistry. It seems like you guys really, you get along and that you have good relationships there. We really do. I'm actually really surprised. I kind of, you know, I've had other jobs where it just was not that way. And it's show business in essence. So you have to kind of pretend even when it's not great you still have to be civil you have to you know do the dance and so that was very difficult I always found that very difficult because one thing about me is I really do um you're gonna you're gonna get you're you're gonna get whatever it is that you're like seeing you're gonna whatever you see is what you get with me so it can be tough you know what I mean to do that that whole fake thing but I promise you this is the first time in my entire life that I genuinely, I mean, I don't have a single complaint. Like everyone I work with is so wonderful and I get along with everybody, at least to my knowledge. I don't know what they're saying behind my back, but 
to my knowledge, <laughs> you know, I, I love the people that I work with. And even, you know, on my way here, on my way home, Kelsey Anderson texted me and she was like, hey, I'm doing a, an 8K uh, later on next month. You want to join? And I was like, sure. And then Gabby texted me and was like, hey, you want to watch the Britney Spears documentary together? I was like, yeah. Like, and it's not fake. It's not, you know, feigned or, or fraudulent. We really do genuinely like each other. It helps that we're all similar ages. Um, and we're all in, in similar places in life. We're all still trying to trying to figure things out like everyone is, no matter what they sure. say. And yeah. it's nice, you know, we really do get along. What you see really is what you get. Yeah. And like I said, you can't fake it. And and if you were, I think people would see through it on the air. Now you're obviously relatively new to Buffalo still coming here uh this past fall. And furthermore, I mean, so you come to Buffalo which again is an adjustment no matter at any point of life, but right now with COVID especially, and you really haven't had much of an opportunity at least to really explore and get to know Buffalo the probably the way you like in part because of COVID, you know, and not to mention, you know, you're, you're, you're freezing your ass off this time of <laughs> Buffalo winter. Once, once it gets to February, it feels like Buffalo, especially in Buffalo, it's like it's cold and is never going to not be cold again. That's the way it always starts to feel. It does uh, when when it, when it gets to February. Was it difficult for you relocating to the area, especially again with COVID running wild? Like I don't know a lot of people that relocated during this past year with it. Was that a difficult process, or did that not really have too much of an effect on anything? Um, your dog thinks so. Uh, yeah, my dog really thinks so. She's like, you know what this was, and you're not telling the truth. Actually, I I loved it, but I will tell you, because I have such bad, and I'm very, very verbal about this, but I have really bad depression, and mm-hmm. I have really bad um, anxiety because I suffer from bipolar disorder. So the seasonal depression was oh, wow. is is very difficult for me. You know what I mean? Like the seasonal depression is very, is tough because it's dark all the time because it's cold all the time. So that's part of the reason why I'm so grateful for the camaraderie with my co-hosts and my co-workers and stuff like that, because they're so kind and you don't always get that at every job. You don't get that at many jobs. So that helps. For sure. Uh, There's also a, and of course, includes yourself. There's a growing presence of African-American females in the Buffalo TV market. You got yourself. Uh, you got Maddie over at Channel 7, Madison Carter. Got Ashley Holder at Channel 2, all relatively new. Uh-huh. Claudine Union's been there for a while. But that's basically been it for a long time until recently, Claudine. I mean, what does it mean to you to be part of a growing presence in this market that, frankly, is entirely way overdue? Yeah, that's a good question. She So I get along with all the ladies, too, all the black ladies that I've I think that's so lovely because, you know, we don't really, I used to be really good friends with, and I still am, I still am, but Shannon Smith, she moved away. Mm -hmm. She was here at WIVB and then she took a a better position, a good position for her. And we still keep in good contact. So it's really nice. It's so nice. And you're right. It is long overdue. And I'm grateful to be here in this time, you know, in 2021, when (sighs) I hesitate to say this because as much as things change, things also stay the same, but it is nice in the places where they do change. And I like, I like being a part of change. I like that. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, Madison, uh, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with Madison. She gave me some major props. I had made a comment or something about this was a Madison Carter stand account or something. Oh, and yeah. she said that she was team Jack. 
Oh, that's <laughs> you know, she was girl. Team, oh my god. Yeah. Now, I mentioned earlier. Well, actually, let me ask you about this. So again, you've only been in Buffalo for a limited amount of time, and you've had a limited amount of opportunities to really do stuff because right. of COVID and now winter. But from what you have seen outside of the TV station, again, probably not a hell of a lot at this point. But like, what are your thoughts right now on Buffalo and Western New York? I love your city, Pat. You're not going to get me to say anything bad about your city. I promise you. And there are many cities that I will say bad things about with no hesitation, by the way. <laughs> I am not going to lie. But I really do like Buffalo. Again, my only real complaint is that my depression does not bode well with this uh, everlasting darkness. But yeah. even that, I think, would probably be, probably be more manageable if the pandemic hadn't shut so many things down. So I am excited to see what it looks like when it's not like this. And I just have to have hope that it's not going to be like this forever. If you guys would wear your damn masks, please. <laughs> what is your take on social media? I mean, I have a good idea. I just told you right at the top of this interview how much I love your Twitter because I look at it this way. So on one hand, having Twitter or just social media in general, it, it really get, it gives you an opportunity to connect with your audience and your fans on like a more personal level. And obviously another big advantage is that when you have a, say if you're doing a story or something like that, you have the, uh, the ability to get it out to the masses instantly, you know, so those parts of it are great, but, and I'm sure you've experienced some of this as well. There's also could be, there could be an ugly side to social media um, with trolls and just hurtful, nasty people who, you know, their only objective, their only goal is to get online. And often there's not even the real person. They got some phony avatar or some weird name. Yeah. And they just want to incite reactions from people, celebrities, uh, people on TV like yourself, just anyone really. I mean, how do you balance when it comes to social media? Like, do you, and again, you're in front of the camera. So I'm sure from time to time you get some ignorant ass comments and stuff like, do you, uh -huh. is it pretty easy for you to kind of just blow them off or are you the kind of person that's going to back at them? Are you going to just block them and, and, you know, and keep it moving? Like what's your take when it comes to social media? So I'm a, I'm a devout Christian. So my, I would love to be able to tell you right now that I just like wish them well and block them and then move on with my day. That is typically not how it goes. I am yeah. absolutely a clapback queen. So it depends on what you say to me. If it's, <laughs> if, it, if I can let it slide, I will. I'm lately trying to really, I'm trying so hard to really like look for the best in people and I'm trying with intention, like with intentionality, I'm trying to look for the best in people and find the best that people have to offer and like let things slide. However, if you step out of line, I will come to that line with you and I will definitely quote tweet you and I will address it in my opinion from... <laughs> <laughs> you felt bold enough to say whatever you said. So I want to be bold enough to respond back to you. Like I want you to know, cause a lot of times what I find is that people only respond like that or say things when they don't think they're, that you're going to respond or when they don't think that you're gonna, you know, they think that they're right. paying me enough for me to keep my mouth shut, but they're, no one's ever going to pay me enough to stand for like, things like injustice or inequality, I'll never be paid off in that way. So if you step really out of line, I'm not going to like call you out of your name. You're not going to see anything completely slanderous and just with 
total disregard, but I'll address it. Like I'll absolutely address it. And I will, I will definitely reply. I, I definitely reply. Now, can I please say something to that Pat, please? Sure. It was not always like that. I used to actually get pulled when I was in radio because I had so much more freedom. I used to actually get pulled aside. Like people, my boss would be like, listen, you cannot come at people this hard. Like it used to be so bad. I, yeah. I have grown leaps and bounds. So now for the most part, I let things slide. But like I said, if you know, it's, it's Twitter. So I, I expect you to keep it cute. If you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A couple more questions here for the clapback queen, yeah. Jess Williams. So I am a huge uh, Buffalo wings pizza guy okay. have you had an opportunity are, are you do you like are you a wings and pizza girl um if so have you really had opportunities or anywhere that you've had so far in buffalo that you really enjoy am i oh my goodness i love pizza i love wings i have gained 25 pounds since moving to buffalo I don't know. I can't even really blame Buffalo all of it. will do it. <laughs> Listen, and I can't even really blame all of it on the pandemic. It's just I like to eat. Your girl likes to eat. And you know, Buffalo really does provide the opportunity to do that. So um yes, I, I don't know that I have a favorite like wing place, but no, I don't know that I have a favorite pizza place, but I do have two favorite wing places so far. What do you got? I like Duff's mm-hmm. and I like Gabriel's Gate. Good. Both so, good spots. Are they good spots? Solid places. Okay. All right. Okay. Eh, can't go wrong with those places. They, they might not be like at the very top elite, but they're nice, steady, solid. You're never going to go wrong having wings at those spots. I'm a big fan of Gabriel's Gates uh, specifically. I like that five downtown too around the, that area. What is it? What's the name of it? Uh, Gabriel's Gate that, that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said, I thought you had another suggestion. I was going to say, oh, well, let me write that down. Oh, I could have an entire podcast worth of oh. <laughs> well, 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 suggestions. We'll save that for a, another a future time. time. Yeah. Hey, maybe when I'm maybe when I'm back in town, we'll we'll hook up and actually have some wings and tape a show from a from a, a I, wing spot. I love it. <laughs> All right, last question here, and then we're going to end with the traditional fun fact finale. So and it's the age old advice question because you never know who may be listening that your words are going to influence, especially somebody younger who might want to try to kind of follow what you're doing and get into this type of business. So for anyone out there who may be interested in having a career, like what's the best advice that you can give them? And by the way, just from going again, going from uh, the interview earlier, everyone has different paths. I mean, you have steadfastly admitted that you weren't the best student. So your path wasn't by being a complete honor student and, you know, being on the Dean's list in college, there's different ways and different paths to get to where you got to go to. Like what's your best advice for somebody aspiring to do what you do? Goodness. Oh man. I, you know what, Pat, mine's is not going to be anybody's favorite, but I'm okay with that. I'm willing to, to, I've made my peace with that. Okay. I really believe that God is really just, (laughs) ordered my steps. I really believe that. And I feel like if you like, if I'm talking to somebody who's listening and they're like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know, you know, which way to go or which step to take. Listen, none of us do. Literally none of us do. Uh, I'm really honestly just grateful that God gives me chances to tell stories in different ways. I'm grateful that he honestly was just like, Hey, you know what? Um, you're low key, nothing more than a troll on Twitter, but I'm going to go ahead and give you a career out of it. 
and kind of directed me in a way that I could pursue it more officially in terms of journalism. But I, I believe that there's something for everybody. So if somebody has a, a goal to be a storyteller and they're not sure um, how to how to kind of take that route, so to speak, to get to where they want to be. Sometimes you don't have to have it all figured out. Just take one step, like take a creative writing class or take your, you know, take a journalism course or just take one step. Sometimes it's just one step. And I really feel like God kind of fills out all the other little bubbles and pieces. And I, I'm just grateful that he did that for me. So I don't know that I could say in one way or another, like, this is what you have to do because I think he just gave me such a passion for people and a passion for sharing stories about community and about the world that affects us. And then he just kind of filled out all the other things that I wasn't quite sure about. And I would encourage people to let him do that for them too. That's That's great insight. Really is. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Fun fact finale. I end this the same way with all first time guests. I'm just going to ask you some random questions. Not like a lot of deep thought require, like whatever the first thing that can pop in your mind, I guess uh, sure. we'll roll with that. Like kind of rapid fire. You good to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Your favorite all-time athlete? Oh, Allen Iverson, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not surprised. And I love Allen Iverson as well. All right. Favorite city that you visited? And again, you've been in some, so. Ooh, favorite city that I visited? Um, You know, <laughs> It's simple, but I really do like the five boroughs. I like Manhattan. It's nice. Okay. Uh, Who was your first celebrity crush that you can definitely remember? That I can definitely remember? Oh, I love Michael Ealy. I used to anyway. I don't really like him as much anymore. Idris Elba is always going to be a sturdy solid for me. I love okay. Idris Elba. I, I stand by that. I will always die by Idris Elba. And his wife is like <laughs> my age. So I really, I mean, that sounds horrible. So just disregard that. But like <laughs> in another life, in another life, things could In another happen, life. Okay. <laughs> what is your go-to snack? Like say, I don't know, you go to bed at seven, eight o'clock and whatever, you're restless, you can't sleep, you get up at 11 o'clock, you're you go into your fridge or your pantry or something, you want something to snack on. What's your go-to? Lately, I've been really feeling chip witches, those ice cream cookie sandwiches, like the cookie, the chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich thing. They're called chip witch. I've been really going with those, but I also like hot cheese popcorn. I know that's so random, but I do. I love hot cheese popcorn. I could eat it any time of day or night. Very, very, very random. Um, what else we got here? All right. So what movie have you rewatched? Probably more than any other movie. Like what movie have you seen the most? Oh gosh. All of them, Pat. All of them. I'm such a movie buff. Such a movie buff. <laughs> but this one is really lame. But I've seen Titanic so many times. I could quote it for you a billion times. I have a strong feeling Gabby Mediac said the same thing. Literally did. I was okay, just going to say that right. maybe it's a Channel 4 morning okay. thing. <laughs> See, no, we do have that in common, and that is not scripted. We do have that in common. But I could literally <laughs> quote Titanic for you, and I could quote it better than she can. So there's that. <laughs> what, let, call yourself out here. What would you consider, like, what's your worst habit? I'm a nail biter to the point where my nail, my fingers bleed. I have on my fingers, as we speak, four Band-Aids on one hand and three on the other. Because I've cut my nails that bad. It's awful. Uh, name a TV game show that you feel like if you were on it, you potentially could dominate it, do very well on it. Whether it's something current, something from the past, a game show that you feel like you could do good on. Oh, I got two. 
I was on a cruise ship once and I played a game of don't forget the lyrics. And I beat all the guys. Cause remember I'm a musician. So I beat everybody mm-hmm. in there and I won. And I was really proud of it because it was all kinds of genres. It was country. It was rock. It was rap. It was trap. And I did what I needed to do. So I was proud of that. Um, but another show that I think I do really well on that I would love to try is whose line is it anyway? Hmm. Mm-hmm. You think you do good on that? I do actually. Yeah. All right. Listen, so this next question, I usually, I don't have to do this with you though. Usually I have to frame this question very carefully because I generally would say, all right, Jess, so you and I are at some bar on Elmwood Avenue right now. Okay. And we're having a couple of drinks and it's karaoke night. Mm-hmm. And I got, I'm going to try to nudge you up there to sing a song. And in this world, you could sing. Now, most people are really shitty singers and terrible musicians. <laughs> so You know what I mean? I got to tell them, imagine in your own fantasy world that you could sing a little bit. Well, I feel like I don't have to do that with you. So I'm just going to say, if you and I are at a club on Elwood Avenue and I say, hey, just get up there, man. Sing something, Ooh. something that the, the crowd is going to either sing along with or just something that they're going to feel. Give me some fast, something slow, something that's going to vibe well with that crowd. Okay. Like what, what is your like signature karaoke song? Okay. So I feel like I always have multiple answers. I apologize, but I do have three. If, okay. if I'm in a, around a, uh, a crowd that can appreciate this, it's Pat Benatar's, uh, we are young or love is a battlefield as most people know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to crush that song. If nice. I am around my age group, it's going to be the thong song. Uh, <laughs> I will wear that bad boy out every time. <laughs> and if it's around really anybody, I can really, I like to bring the house down with it's raining men. The really? Girls, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I like those are definitely entertaining. <laughs> I like all three of those songs, by the way. You know, I do what I can, Pat. I try to pick the good ones, you know? <laughs> All right, last couple here. So, and again, this is another one I kind of have to reframe with you. I like to typically ask if you've never gotten involved in this industry in any fashion or if it never worked out. Now, typically somebody who, you know, is a news person, they've pretty much that's all they've done, but you've already done a lot of other things. Like I said, you've done radio, music, you still write, you're in TV now. What is something that you haven't done yet that if you said, you know what, I'd like to add this to, my portfolio, something I could see myself doing, something I want to do that I haven't done? You know, that is such an excellent question because I've actually been talking to myself about that a lot lately. I've been saying, do I want to stay in TV forever? Like how long do I want to stay in TV? I've been thinking it through. And if I could, I would live in another country for a year and I would just be a writer. I would make my money as a writer only all kinds of writing, just books, articles, opinion pieces, uh, short stories, children's books, just write, write, write. I love to tell stories. So in that same vein, if I had another life and I had like 80,000 more years and could do anything, I'd probably be an actor because I wanted to do that at one time. I still enjoy taking acting classes. I love doing voiceover work. Um, It's my favorite. So anything that still relates to telling a story, which is why, you know, kind of brings me back to anybody who isn't sure what they want to do. Those little talents that you think are nothing that you're shrugging off, they could lead you somewhere. You don't know. Yeah. Who is your favorite or who or what I should say is your favorite Twitter follow Twitter follow. Like say if you could only follow one 
person or one handle on Twitter, like when, or like when you get up in the morning at 3 a.m. before you're getting ready to, to head off to work, like mm. when you jump on Twitter, like what's that first handle? You're looking to see if this person or this organization tweeted, whether it's something comical, something newsworthy, a celebrity, whoever. Oh, I don't have one, Pat. So because of that, I'm going to say Pat Moran. I knew you were going to say that. Stop patronizing me, Jazz. I, mine was legitimate. I was being serious. Like you oh, legitimately man. are my favorite Twitter follow. In fact, I'm not watching Bridgerton, by the way, because, oh, because of your tweet. See, see. Okay. You know what? Now I, I really genuinely from my heart appreciate that because Bridgerton is <laughs> awful, but, but that's just my opinion. Um, I just, I don't know if I, if I had to follow one person, Honestly, Pat, if I could break the hold that Twitter has on me, I would just not have a Twitter, but I can't break that hold. So right. here I am. Yeah. You know, I'm following everybody for no good reason whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Last two questions here. Give people a fun fact about Jazz Williams that maybe they don't know, even after this interview. Ooh. Something fun about you. Okay. Something fun about me. Um, let's see. Oh, my God. See, Pat, just so you know, I didn't look at the questions or the list that you sent me telling me what you sent me. So Good. I want to put you on the spot. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> I don't even know. What is a random, a random fun fact? Do you have one? You go first. And then I'll go. Um it's hard. Fun fact. Uh it's hard when you don't think about it ahead of time. And you know what's funny is when we're done with this interview. You'll be sitting at home later on and you'll probably think about a million things that. that are fun facts about you yeah. that you didn't think of on the spot. I don't know that I have a bunch of fun facts. I don't know that I have any real fun facts. I have a bunch of facts. I don't know if they're a lot of fun. I don't. Um, I probably have watched uh, the series, The Office. I've probably watched that more than 20 times in its entirety from start to finish. Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. I think that's good. I mean, yeah. I have the Cosby show on DVD, all, all eight seasons. I don't know if that counts. But I do have one fun fact, though. Here's one. Okay. So I used to work at um, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond in Los Angeles, right on the corner of Hollywood and Vine. So I got a chance to meet a lot of stars because they would come in all the time and, you know, buy things. And uh, the coolest person I ever checked out was Beyonce's mom. And that's... That's my favorite fun fact. I know that's not really like a <laughs> That's a good one. No, that's good. That that's that, that's really good. This All right, so yeah. now because you didn't look at these and study these questions ahead of time, I guarantee you're going to have to talk yourself through it okay. because pretty much everybody does, especially if they don't know ahead of time. I want you to name me and this will be the last one. Three dinner guests. If you could have three people at your house for dinner tonight, um celebrity, historical figure, literally anybody from any time era, dead or alive, three people at your dinner table could have some eats, maybe a drink and just have some, you know, good conversation, some laughs, whatever kind of vibe you want. Three people who you got. Okay. My dad, because that is my best friend in the world. Like when my dad dies, a piece of me is going with him. Like that's my buddy. Um, so I know that's lame, but that's who's coming. And let's see two more people. This one's going to be really lame too, but not for the reasons you think. I would have Martin Luther King Jr., but not because it's Black History Month and he's super black, like nothing like that. It's because he had really bad depression 
And I want to talk to him about his mental health. Like I want to, sure. you know, cause I think that's kind of interesting. Like we always think of these people as these perfect people, but they're not. So I would love to talk to him about that. And my last person, can I say Pat Moran? No, you can't. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> uh, I Definitely not. I do not know. I don't belong at the same table with MLK and your and my dad. Okay. Oh, I know. Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. Just because I really like Caesar Milan, I love Caesar Milan. <laughs> I used to watch that show all the time. I want to know why it ended, and I want to ask him. So yeah, you are so quirky, and I oh, mean that in the most right? lovable type of <laughs> type of way. <laughs> All right, everybody, give Jazz a follow on Twitter at the Jazz Williams. And of course, check her out, Channel 4. They all do such a great job there. Listen, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for doing the podcast. Thank your dog for doing the podcast. (laughs) This was a lot of fun. I was really, you know what? I I do so many sports themed podcasts, and I don't get a chance to talk to people that I haven't already talked to before. So I was really looking forward to this, and you nailed it. This was awesome. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Oh, Pat, you are the bomb. Thank you so much. And thanks for asking. I Thank you for having me, rather. I am so appreciative. And uh, I really, really, really can't wait to hear this and your other podcast episodes. All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. Oh, I told you. Jazz Williams has it she has it my eyes have been on the news for many many years in buffalo see many people come and go lots of talented people but there's only a select few that have that it factor that's jazz williams has everything funny smart pretty friendly she is the total package that was a lot of fun thank you very much jazz again make sure you follow her on twitter at the Jazz Williams. Guys, girls, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead, do that right now. Rate and review, all that fun stuff. It really helps me continue to grow this little podcast of mine. Of course, you can find us on all the major podcasting platforms out there. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Pamoran Tweets. I'm constantly on Twitter, literally 24-7. In fact, I'm on Twitter way too much. At Pamoran Tweets. And again, one more time, thank you so much for listening. I know there's so many great shows out there. The competition is really fierce for your eyes, for your ears. So when you're locked into this show for 30, 40, 60 minutes, whatever it may be, that does not get taken lightly by me. Very grateful, very humbled, very appreciative. So thank you very, very much. Have a good day safe weekend and I will be back with a brand new episode next Tuesday.